Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lepercaro, and this is a special episode honoring the band Hers with Sam Jafarzadeh. Hers was a duo from Liverpool, comprised of Stephen Fitzpatrick and Auden Ladding. Their fans loved them for their silly antics, beautiful friendship, and most importantly, their stylish yet deeply tender songs. As the third anniversary of their debut album, Invitation to Hers, approaches, I wanted to look back on the beautiful music they made and the wonderful people that they were. Because I did not know them well, I am joined by someone who did, Sam Jafarzadeh, their dear friend and producer of their debut album. Before we begin, um, why don't you, Sam, tell tell the people how you knew hers or how you know hers? My mate Ashwin showed me a video um, of these two mates of his, happened to be the boys, and I was just completely stunned. I was so taken back by how well how well how well how well the song was written how how good they sounded like how poised they were you know it it it, it just really 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 got me and it was it was that same video that actually got them most of their early fans it was um it was a live performance of what once was uh is it the in, one at so far no it's the one in uh it's in manchester um it's literally okay. the first proper piece of content of hers that was ever out there um and that sort of um brought them to my attention that brought them to the label's attention that brought them to um most most of their of their early fan base um were basically um won over by this little session that they did where where they played what once was in dorothy um so i i saw that and i was just i was i was um super 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 intrigued and Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know them, but they were like mates of mates. Um, I'd I'd seen them around school, um, uh, especially Odin, because like he was really, really, really hard hard to miss. Um, <laughs> he had he had huge, 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 huge red 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 curly hair at the time as well. Um, and how tall is he again? Like he was six the something? same height as me. Yeah, so I'm six four. Yeah, so he was. I think he was just about shorter than me. So. Yeah. <laughs> but not with the hair. Super, 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 super good, good person to hug. Yes. So yeah, so I, I went, I went down. So um, I just found the next show that they were playing, and I went down. They finished their set, and I just introduced myself to them, 
and I think they were a little bit skeptical of me at first because I was just a, just a strange, huge man who just approached them at a gig and was like, "Hey, should we do?" Well, I, I offered them my services, which weren't really services back then because I'd not really done anything. So I was I was super super green. I think they were super 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 green too, and they'd had some bad experiences um well not not bad but not to uh, they they tried recording with a couple of people in in the past and it kind of just didn't really get to the standard or to it, it 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 didn't really fit what they were going for so i think they were a they were a tiny bit skeptical of me as well but um we had a few meetings and stuff and then we just went for it and literally at at, at the end of the first day that we that we were making things we all I, f- I feel like we all just kind of knew straight away like that like this works you know so um yeah that's the long and short well, that's it's not really the long and short of it that was a very long one version <laughs> of it um but yeah yeah no that is that is beautiful and i mean i myself have only met them a handful of times but obviously they were there's some people you can just tell are lovely human beings and yeah. are just kind and awesome, but you obviously knew them better. So can you tell me about what they were like as people and also about their friendship between the two of them? Because that's another thing that from a distance we've all kind of loved to see. <laughs> yeah, it was um, honestly, they are well, like, yeah, they, they were two. They sort of became like family in a way. It's gonna sound weird, but they 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 reformatted my idea of masculinity and like what what it meant or h- how you could be as a man, basically, because they were so soft and tender and 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 they were so loving and like they I remember like uh, one of when we finished I think we we're halfway through the first album I think we just finished we I think we just got 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 past a milestone like we, like there were two or three singles that we needed to finish and we. we and um, it was the end of end of this production day, and they came round to mine with a bunch of flowers, and I just thought like no one's ever bought me flowers before, let alone boys, and like it was just yeah they they, they just completely changed my world of like how how I saw my friends and everything yeah they're, they're, they're just the most inspirational people just in terms of just like the simple things in life you know what I mean like how you treat your mates and um, how you conduct yourself and how you take care of your house and stuff like both both of their flats were immaculate like they had such such beautiful flats with like plants and trees and everything everywhere and, and all of all of the super cool furniture that they'd sourced from like all these secondhand furniture shops and everything so, but they were just like i think they understood really importantly how how crucial it was to like to nurture yourself and to take care of yourself and and the world around you um the friendship that they had together i'll never be able to explain that because like i never fully <laughs> could get they they just had a i, I can't yeah they they had a thing I, I i felt like when it was the three of us we had a thing but there was always there was always something else that, that they little had extra that thing all, yeah so like it was yeah it was uh, yeah they were just like yeah it was a very 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 strong bond yeah, um, and they sort of they sort of indirectly ish wrote a song about their friendship, which is Harvey. And 
Um, I think it's such a great analogy for their friendship because it makes absolutely no sense and it makes perfect sense at the same time. Yeah. You know, like it's so, I mean, again, it's so bizarre. Like they were these very quirky, interesting guys, but there was something so pure that was very thinly veiled underneath. Not even veiled, it was clearly there, you know, that there was this just genuine love for each other and it's like we've got each other's back. Yeah, I feel like there's not that many people who have the strength uh, to be so open and so bare about their friendship and and how they are as as people. Because, like, you know, most people I feel like would be quite insecure, especially especially boys, like, you know, to show love for, like, other boys and to, like, you know, but it just, to, to, to basically, there was, there was not a shred of, like, toxic masculinity in them, like, at all, you know what I mean? I feel like that's what was probably the most refreshing thing about them, really. Yeah. And, I mean, speaking of toxic masculinity, going into their music a bit, it's something that they, they wrote about. I think mainly it was Low Beam, a little bit of Speed Racer as well, definitely the kind of, like, both... Speed Racer is a massive one, yeah. Speed Racer yeah. is all about, yeah, it's all about that kind of thing. Yeah, and, like, it, it was interesting, you know, because, like, when we go to shows and stuff like that, like, um, you'd get these younger people or, like, other bands and stuff that would... Um, anyone who would come up to us and sort of put on a bit of a front like you would do in, in the band world like trying to act like you know i'm too cool for school kind of thing immediately for them that was just an absolute turn off they would just be like okay i'm not you know this is not this is uh not a place that we want to be <laughs> essentially yeah no um yeah but yeah they're just two really really beautiful boys in yeah every sense of the word yeah Speaking of low beam, though, there's a line that says covered in corduroy. Is that by any chance referencing Stephen's green overalls that he wears um, in literally every picture ever and every show? I could just never e- see. There's the thing about like the subtle meanings of certain words and stuff. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I would not be surprised if he if that was a that was an inspiration for it because. Uh, I remember did he get them before or after we made the album it was when they went to play they went to play with beach fossils in thailand um and it was their first time going out to far east and stuff and like their their tour guide took him to this market um it's a super famous market in in bangkok i think uh chat to check market i think it's called and like um it's just it's just like a dense jungle of shops and like uh, they sell everything and Steve was like in like this in like the center of it and found these green overalls and it was like I think it was like 35 degrees heat and he was still and he was still trying them on like completely <laughs> sweating his ass off and everything but yeah he was committed to it I mean from between the times that I've met them and times I've seen them in photos and videos regardless of the weather he's almost always wearing those green overalls yep like in Texas, when it's a bajillion degrees, wearing the green overalls and dead winter with maybe like something long sleeved under it, the green overalls. I wouldn't be shocked if the three times I met them, he was wearing the green overalls. I know because I have video evidence of the first time that he was wearing them yeah. when I interviewed him. And so, I yeah, I just thought that was kind of fun. Um, Did you meet just, them every time they went to Texas? Yeah. 
Only actually, so only once. I saw them play at South by um, yeah. in 2018, and actually, it's really funny because. So I was with some mates. I just moved here, but some mates had come over from England for South by, um, and we were all at the sort of British showcase. And a lot of us had seen hers a few times. Like we were all fans of theirs, and they were about to come on. And so we're like, you know, admittedly we've seen them a few times, so maybe we're gonna go to this other thing. But there ended up being a queue, so we stayed at hers, and we all just danced like morons, <laughs> and had the best possible time. So I'm really glad we stayed. I went up and I said hi to them after, and somehow they remembered me from like a year before, because <laughs> um, they're like that as people. And so I was chatting with Steve and. He was like, hey, we're playing a show in Dallas um, after this, like, like in a couple of days, do you want to come? We'll put you on the guest list. I was like, absolutely. I like, suggested a ramen place to them and they went to I it for dinner. That. Oh, yeah. Like, they're all excited about it. There's a really good ramen place down the street from where they played. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was that tour admittedly in 2018, but I saw them twice in a row and it was kind of lovely, like. And just, again, spoke volumes about how much they remember people. I even remember walking through my hotel once, and I think they had maybe been playing a set, and, like, Auden had, like, waved from afar. I guess he also recognized me. I was like, hey! I remember you, mate. You got the big yeah. special wave. Yeah. <laughs> like, sub! <laughs> yeah, again, they were sweethearts of human beings. I mean... By the way, I am going to go a little bit into song meanings, but again, yeah. we can just do the best with what we know, because again... I, I know bits and pieces, but like a lot of the time, yeah, I was focused a lot on just like how things were grooving and how things were like yeah. feeling and stuff like that, you know what I mean? But I, right. yeah, there, there, was, there was sometimes where I'd be in the midst of like, we'd, we'd, we'd be in the midst of um, a big vocal session or something and things are, are kind of feeling strange because like... Vocal days tend to get a bit weird, especially for lead singers. Sometimes, you know, if if, if it's a if if it's like a track that like means a lot to them and it's getting a bit strenuous and things are getting hard, then you know it, those the means of the songs can sometimes get intertwined with like how you're feeling that day, and it gets it mm. gets a bit heavy. So there's sometimes where I would have to like stop and talk to Steve and be like, "What does this mean? What does that mean? Okay, like maybe we should leave this. Maybe we should do that." But a lot of the time. It was kind of just like whatever he's writing about is something that I don't necessarily need to fully know because mm -hmm. it was a lot of um you know he he had so he had so much depth like it was yeah it was almost like some things he could only really put into um, lyrics you know like yeah I feel like there was a, a a lot of things that he felt and thought that really were only able to materialize in the way that he wanted if he did it through that medium yeah but i think especially of like what once was and breathing easier like those two songs definitely carry some weight to them yeah. definitely seem to be about the same thing um yeah and yeah those are i mean what once was is my favorite song of theirs just because it's so brutally honest and beautiful it's you know like wanting to i mean it clearly you know deals with loss and wanting to hang on to something that's gone you know mm -hmm. which is a very very normal feeling mm -hmm. um when you're you're grieving but then also you get breathing easier which came out on the next album and it seems like you know even if there's pain that's still there there's a sense of being able to move forward as well yeah like it like kind of coming, feels like a sequel it's like a coming to terms kind of song isn't it mm -hmm. sort of thing yeah, yeah that, that one was 
quite interesting actually because that was um i think those were there was that was a, that was a situation where there was lyrics and then there was a song and they weren't the same thing for a long time so like mm-hmm. uh that was odin's um that was odin's sort of soundscape so he uh we were getting towards the end of making the album and uh um we had sort of like a quota of like how many songs we were aiming for and anyone who's 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 done albums before knows like you know, to, like you 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 have a plan you start you get really excited about some things you get more excited about some songs than you thought you would and you end up uh, you you end up not really following the plan because you just because you're instead you're following just like your instincts of like what you feel should be should be should be should, should be done next so like we were at this point where i think we we needed another song i think we really really needed one but everyone was, was so juiced because we we've been in my front room doing this for about three and a half months by this point and everyone was just a little and it was it was it was it was the height of winter as well it was super super cold the whole time i lived in a really cold house and this was where we were making this thing um and i felt a fair bit of pressure because i felt like they weren't they were sort of uh i think they had artistic fatigue in a way um which is super super natural especially for like the amount of time that we were spending on this thing um and um we kind of needed this extra song so we're looking through their demos and little just just we're just we're just trying to find pieces of stuff that that they'd made and odin had this beautiful sort of like chord based like old synth sounding soundscape which is what which is what uh, became the bed of the track and um yes the i'm not sure if he wrote the lyrics especially for it or if he'd taken something else from some of his notes but yeah it was it was it was it was a nice mesh of like odin's music and steve's words in that way that track yes i think yeah it's it's definitely one of the lesser celebrated hers tracks for sure but it's definitely one that i listen to and think like i'm quite i'm quite impressed that we're able to do something like that yeah you know i've actually heard it mentioned a couple times like people kind of clinging on to the lyrics for breathing easier as well Mm. like especially hers fans I've, i've at least heard it pop up once or twice where people were kind of again clinging on to that one and yeah, I don't know. I think I, I'd like to think that more people are appreciating it and that, yeah. you know, it clearly worked out really beautifully because it is, I think for me, it is one of the standout tracks on that record. So that's nice. Yeah, it's very, very good that it worked out as well as it did. Now, speaking of, I guess this is definitely one that's more personal to them too, but I, mm. I think in a nicer way, uh, like something a little bit lighter, which is um, Under Wraps, the closing mm. song. So yeah, for me, it's just... I think it really speaks to who they are as people because it's such a pure and sweet emotion of telling someone, I just want you to be okay. That's it. There's no agenda here. There's no, I'm trying to get you to be somewhere or be something because I want you to be it. I just want you to be okay. And I want you to know that you're cared about. And yeah, there's something so, again, so, so pure and so sweet about that song. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's really Just, lovely. Yeah. It's about yeah, it's uh, I'm not gonna go into like the details, but it's yeah, it's about That's like fine. the beauty, seeing it's 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 about like someone you love and seeing like like the beauty in them that 
frustrated or that like it, it hurts you that you see that they can't be themselves and like they can't express themselves so other people can't see their beauty in a way and then almost like a process of of um that being able to happen yeah mm-hmm. is carry the doubt connected to that one as well too because i remember that having a bit of a like i want someone to see how great they are kind of thing that one i have no clue what it's about to be honest that one i was <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i didn't actually ever stop and think about that one um yeah and it's pretty bad for for the producer to not know what the songs are about but to be honest That's like fine I, I got like you know i'll get the feeling of what they were about but in terms of like the details you know what i mean i've never i never really liked to pry unless steve felt felt like telling me that's understandable that one is probably my favorite of in 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 terms of um making something um so ethereal and like odd you know what i mean yeah that one's that one just sounds really really cool to me yeah it's kind of like wonky dreamy a little bit leading towards the 60s but still kind of got like again it's very much its own flavor but yeah. speaking before we we'll get into more of like the kind of sonic influences because those were really special. But yeah. I think the most important of the personal songs on their records is, of course, Manny's smile because Stephen <laughs> wrote a song about his cat, and it's I think the cutest that, song in it. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. It is so cute. <laughs> Like the absolute legend wrote a song about his cat and named it after his cat. Like, yeah, I just love how like when you used, when you used to play it live, he would he would say like, "This song's about my cat," and everyone would go like, "Yay!" And you, and you, and you just go, "Who's probably dead now?" And everyone would be like, "Oh, Jesus. <laughs> ow, that's mean." <laughs> it's so funny though. Like he used to do oh so much god. stuff like that live. Oh my god! Yeah, no, their live to- shows or something. Yeah, he, he used to. One of my favorite moments um, of their uh, shows, Steve did it a few times, um, but he would never do it in the same way. But he would, he would play a Robbie Williams cover while Odin oh, was um, Odin was setting something up. I forgot actually what Odin was doing. <laughs> Odin actually had to do something, uh, and yeah, Steve would would play would play "She's the One" by Robbie. And he would tell everyone he would he would say this is a song by my dad, and he wouldn't say who his dad was, and he'd just start playing it. And then I would just watch the whole crowd every single time, just 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 all look at each other like, wait, what? His his dad's Robbie Williams. His dad's Robbie Williams. <laughs> and and he and he never he he never clarify. He he just he just finish and go like, cool, thanks, dad, and then just finish the song and then just go into the next track. <laughs> I could so just like, imagine like always... everyone suddenly on their phones, like trying yeah. to find it's like it'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, that was by my dad, Robbie Bobby Williams. Oh my god. So funny. Yeah, somewhere down the line he changed his last name to Fitzpatrick, and I guess we didn't yeah. know. Um No, but yeah, their shows was so funny, honestly. Like that um there was a live stream that went up recently. I'm I'm sure you saw it. The there was a the label managed to get uh get some of this footage of this london show together um mm. and it streamed on youtube and oh yeah it was my first time obviously seeing their show live since since they passed and everything and i just mm-hmm. forgot how funny it was like every single 
breaking songs was was just like a, I mean I I hate to say it because they always felt weird about people calling them a comedy band and they're not comedy band because their music is so beautiful like their music yeah. is far surpasses the comedy side of it but the comedy side of it was still amazing yeah so, I mean, like some someone tried to sign him once as a, as a comedy act and it was oh. so funny oh no <laughs> you it guys kind are of- just too funny <laughs> <laughs> It kind of reminds me of when I I saw Louis Capaldi live because like Louis oh, kind of yeah. does the same thing. Like even though he's a pop artist, like obviously his songs are all about like heartbreak and longing and stuff. And then he'll come out and be like, "I just took a shit in the bathroom." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Um, yeah, like it it, com- it just it diffuses the situation, doesn't it? Like it really does. Puts everyone at ease. But somehow it makes you laugh harder, like, before you obviously kind of sink back into, like, the more serious side of the song. Like, when they're, like, saying something hilarious, and then without pause, they go, like, right into something really, really beautiful. Like, for the first couple of the seconds of the song, you can't help but keep laughing, because, like, just how hard of a pivot they've just made. (laughs) And it's just, that's my favorite thing. I love seeing artists just kind of throw you off like that. Because they were, yeah, they were unbelievably funny. Obviously, they had the Pierce Brosnan cutout as well, which is very iconic yeah. and beloved. He, he lives in my house now. Oh, good. <laughs> that is beautiful. Well, one of them does anyway. He's he was the he was the official official UK European Pierce Brosnan, but yet they I had see. another one for America. That Perfect. I'm not sure, I'm not sure like, yeah, where, where that would have ended up or anything. But we lost one of them to a crowd surf as well. In Glasgow, someone just grabbed it and it crowd surfed, and then we just never saw it again. That was a oh small God. one, but yeah, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Pierce Brosnan's son actually ended up like becoming a fan and everything. I heard. Yeah, I looked yeah. at um, Pierce's post about it. How he was saying that his. Um, oh yeah, that was beautiful. That that was awesome. I kind of want. I mean, obviously, I know that Mamma Mia is an ABBA musical, but like when they make Mamma Mia three, because let's be honest, they're going to make a Mamma Mia three. They're going to stretch <laughs> that until they can't stretch it anymore. I kind of just want them to sneak in a her song just to throw everyone <laughs> off and get Pierce to sing it. I think that would be the oh greatest thing God. ever. Well, now this is out there. Hopefully, Saying, someone listening is going to be like, yeah, okay, Pierce's Pierce son. If you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Just just shoot this idea by your dad. I think it would be really great. Um, the producers <laughs> might shoot it down really quickly because it's not an ABBA song, but like, just put in a good old college try for us, please. Let's <laughs> do, do it. Paris. It. There you go. Do it for the boys, Paris. All right. Yeah. One for the boys. So we're not going to. Do you live in, used to live in the UK then? I did. I when I interviewed hers, it was for Sub TV at Citadel Festival, which was super fun. Oh, yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was oh, there. Sick. That, that was um, that was an insane day. That yeah. was like their 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 that laptop was... melted on stage and everything. Yeah, it was yeah. hot. I remember yeah. that was a partic- That was during like one of the really bad heat waves in London. Yeah, it was so um, bad. And I was dying. We got to the festival late and we had to uh, do a bunch of things beforehand. Like, oh, yeah, there was a photographer coming and then the photographer oh, couldn't, he didn't find his way in by himself. So I had to like go and like had like half an hour till the show and I had to like run across the whole festival site like at full speed to like oh, no. come back. And I had to like come back and I was sweating and I didn't have time to sound checks. And then it, it just, it started and it sounded awful. So I was losing my mind like trying to fix oh, the sound. My God. And the laptop melted. 
and stop playing. So now I had to like go go up on stage and like try and rig up this <laughs> fan for them and everything. It was just like a, it was an but oh god, everyone I know who saw them there didn't see any of that. They were just like, yeah, it was a good show. So yeah, <laughs> and anyway, I'm sure they thought it was funny, and the boys would have definitely handled that with grace. So yeah, they would have sure. figured it out. But yeah, um, but one of the things that the boys used to do a lot with their songs, just like in terms of the themes that they just enjoyed writing about clearly were like tales of like unrequited love and sort of longing, which I mean, also plays very well to the eras of music. They like the 60s and the 80s. That's sort of like, Mm -hmm. I want you, but I can't have you sort of vibe. But I guess, do you know what drew them to those kind of stories? Like, what was it just because of the music that they liked, or was it just like a theme that's kind of fascinated them? You mean in terms of like the the very like the like their old school style of storytelling? You mean? Yeah, I mean the style of storytelling again. The themes they chose, like, I mean, cool with you, Dorothy. She needs him, which is probably after what once was my favorite. Like, it's very much like wanting someone that you can't have. Um, Yeah medieval love on the line kind of again literally just waiting for someone i'll be waiting by the end of the line all (laughs) i want is for you to be mine yeah i think they were just two romantic people like they they were uh, always drawn to that side of to that side of the storytelling world and like i know it's 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 well known but like they both watched twin peaks i don't know like i don't know how many times they watched it over you know so that was a huge huge influence on like um sort of uh the the music but also just also just their their philosophy towards life and everything it's a lot to do with like how they were raised too like uh steve's dad is well into music and he raised him on a lot of old 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 music um and Odin comes from a super, super artistic family. Like his brothers, uh, his his old older brothers are um, are all are well. One's an artist, and um, the other, I, th- I think. I mean, he's 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 a creative. I'm not exactly sure if he'd call himself an artist and stuff, but he's, he basically comes from a super, super cool family as well. And um, yeah, they they're just not. They just didn't come from same backgrounds as most people that you tend to meet mm-hmm. that makes sense i've I really not explained that well but no you are yeah. you're explaining it perfectly don't you i worry. think twin peaks is the big one though <laughs> yeah although definitely i mean one because they've covered one of her songs and two because just her style of writing there's a lot of parallels in but they both loved someone that i love very much who's Minnie ripperton yeah. um because, yeah, like, Come to My Garden has become one of my favorite records ever. And it's that same just, like, longing and, like, great big romantic, tender, beautiful, oversaturated emotions, you know. And speaking of her and, I guess, other influences, they really seem to draw a lot from both the 1960s and the 1980s, which, mm. I mean, arguably both are, like, some of the glossiest, shiniest, sugariest eras of music, yeah. But also, that's kind of why they're so great. Like, they were the two eras that probably got away with that more than any other era, you know? For sure, yeah. They were big into the 50s as well. Which is, um, mm. A huge influence on them. But to be honest, they also both had... They all... Well, they, they went through all kinds of different eras in the music that, that they liked. I know... Um, 
Odin was really into like me and him had a real bond over the fact that when we were teenagers we just listened to some of the heaviest darkest metal um so when Steve wasn't in the van we just blast some like death metal and stuff like that and just and just have a big old sesh for it um Steve played in some pretty heavy bands himself as well um but yeah they, they just had you know it, it definitely wasn't like uh I, I think the fact that they had so many different pools of inspiration to take from their lives um that that's why a lot of the music is so is so rich because you you think you're listening to a, a song that sounds like oh this this sounds like it's from the 80s and stuff but then you'll hear stuff that's from all kinds of different eras and um that's what gave it that's what gives it that edge i think mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like they've never sounded like they were pandering which is really impressive because no. even though to me it's, those two eras are particularly clear as influences it never felt like okay we're like a um, like a mock 80s synth band or like mm-hmm. a mock psych band or whatever it was very much like they just took the gloss from them and like you said, packaged it with all these other beautiful things. And interestingly enough, I mean, obviously their sound was very modern. I remember their label called it stylish at one point, but a lot of their audience was like Gen Z. So, mm. you know, even though they are such old souls, they clearly really appeal to such a young group of people. Why, yeah. what do you think, just maybe in your opinion, why do you think so many young people are drawn to them? Um, Maybe it had made, I, I always thought maybe it's had something to do with the sort of um, the redefining masculinity thing that I was mm. alluding to earlier. Like maybe I could see something that. to do with the fact that like Gen Gen Z, Gen Gen Z, I don't know what do you call it, Z or Z. I'm so torn between those pronunciations. Anyway, I know um, Gen Z is a very American way of saying it. I'm Canadian as well, so I should technically say Z. But ah, uh, what's the, what's the Queen gonna think? She is she saying Z. Uh, I mean, I'm not exactly like partying with the monarchy, so I think I'm good. She's on my uh, money, and that's about it. Uh, I yeah, but like, I feel like maybe it's something to do with that because uh, Gen Z is a uh, um the sort of breaking down the um, expectations of who you're meant to be based on whether you have like like a penis or a vagina yeah do you know what i mean i feel like that that was that that was a big part of the of the message that was coming out of them it wasn't necessarily i don't think it was a message they were trying to put across but it was just kind of like a a consequence of their output It was built into who they were and they were, you know, very unwilling to modify themselves, which I appreciate a lot. And funnily enough, this is the second time since we're talking about toxic masculinity again, even though this group is from a totally different genre, Hmm. I've seen the same sort of draw from Gen Z and that's Brockhampton because Brockhampton, Hmm. you know, have that same sort of, particularly in the hip hop world as well, this total refusal of like toxic masculinity. They did this video at one point for this song they wrote called Lamb and it's just about their friendship and it's just all of them in this great big bear hug and it's the sweetest thing. It's really beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. It's like a clash in it. You take in like hard, hip-hop something that's usually like associated with with uh with insecure like masculine kind of yeah vibes and then taking that and just being like no we're just gonna hug our mates because we love each other and stuff here i think it's so especially for people like me who like i've always felt i've never felt particularly like manly or anything i feel like Mm -hmm. i've always had insecurities around you know like 
um, how other boys would see me growing up and stuff just being around people like them or seeing groups like Brockhampton do that is so refreshing you know what I mean it's completely it it just it just lets you breathe a little bit yeah and you know as much as if for a lot of things Gen Z weirds me out that is one thing that I'm really just like impressed by them about which again coming back to her is like you're right like I think that is really the draw there's this this tenderness that they're getting to embrace um and i'm sure it's very freeing for them and even getting to like chat with the boys like i remember they there'd be like these massive cues at the end of their shows of like fans wanting to see them and you could see there was just this love and it impressed me as well you know like especially considering how new they were the fact that they were a uk band like i've never seen that quick of a dedication from fans in the united states towards a band like it was just immediately like they were you know, so drawn to them. And I'm sure, like, that sort of genuine sweetness they had probably made fans feel like they could connect to them. It wasn't, you know, mm. someone that you kind of had to stay away from. Yeah. Are they quite... Because I, I feel like I've really not seen firsthand how big they actually are, like, how, how, how much of an effect they actually had on people. Because, like, most of the fan base is, like, over your end. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like here, sometimes I feel like, I mean, it's it's not, they're not very well known here. You know what I mean? So, I think they are and they aren't. I guess yeah. just from my experience, because in in the music circles, everyone knows who they are, um, particularly in my circles. Like when they passed, virtually everyone I knew in the UK was talking about mm-hmm. it. Because, But if you're connected to music, especially, I worked with So Far, still do for many years. Nice. So, you know they played for us in London a couple times. So yeah, no, we were all very acutely aware of them, but actually you'll appreciate this then though, if you're talking about their fan base here. So, um, I, when, when they passed and a bunch of people were doing parties to kind of honor them, I, I happened to be in one of the right cities because Sarah's party. Yes. Sarah is lovely. Super, super sick that she did that. Yeah, I felt extremely lucky that since I I wasn't in the UK anymore, that I got to be in a city where there was someone who was really connected to them. So we had a party at this place called Good Records and yeah, yeah, it was full, like it was beautiful. And again, I felt deeply, deeply fortunate to be there Um, and I felt very grateful to her as well. So yeah, it's funny how- super nice. Yeah, Ugh, I'm getting um, that, like that's that's really good to hear because like when we were thinking of doing that whole friends of hers thing, like we weren't really sure if people were really gonna understand what it was. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it seemed to really come across. Yeah. Well. well, another thing that you'll definitely appreciate, you probably saw this on my Instagram already, but oh yeah, I did notice that just now actually. Yeah. It's so cool. I have the flower and the the or sorry the tulip and the carnation from the record because. I mean, now as we're kind of nearing the end of this, like, I mean, even from a distance when they passed, it really rocked me a lot. Um, I Strangely, because I grew up a pop kid and I didn't grow up listening to like Bowie and Prince as much, I kind of came on to more music later in yeah. my life. Um, I didn't have the bond that a lot of people have with certain artists that have passed over the last few years. So when hers passed, because I actually knew them, they were the first people to like really hit me hard. Um, and on a more personal note, um, so 
so I suffer with depression and at the time that they passed I happened to be going through a really bad bout of it and all of a sudden I found myself grieving and being angry that two people were gone Mm. and even though this doesn't bring them back um it reminded me of the beauty of life and I wanted to honor that and wanted like to carry on my own stuff and continue to I guess fill up the potential of life so yeah I'm just trying to hold on to that and also I think they were such a brilliant band and they were supposed to have this beautiful legacy of music to leave behind and they have something but I don't want people to forget about that so yeah no yeah why I'm doing this yeah that's really really nice like yeah everyone everyone who was close to them I feel like took a really strong piece of Mm -hmm. of them when when they passed like it was almost like especially like amongst like um our mates and stuff it was very much like uh you kind of you know they made you feel a certain way being around them so after they left it was kind of like how like how are we going to feel like that again you know what I mean so it kind of mm-hmm. for me anyway it made me feel like I just wanted to uphold their principles more do you know what I mean yeah. I feel like yeah it is a strange it's, it's, a, it's a really really strange thing you know what I mean it's something that seems to happen around loss like mm-hmm. um so like people's souls split up and they absorbed by other people in a way i mean i'm talking absolute no it makes sense now but uh but yeah it's um it's really really i mean obviously it's horrible mm-hmm. how it had to happen and stuff but the fact that like you know like you were able to find strength and stuff just mm-hmm. through just just through them i just feel like that's really really special yeah and i think there's something beautiful in that because of these beautiful things that you've learned from them you know, you're going to get to pass that on to other people. I'm like getting weirdly emotional. Um, Yeah, it's, yeah, you got to experience something so awesome learning like that, again, men can be so loving to each other and have these really pure friendships that we all deserve to have, you know, like it's, it makes me sad that men don't get to have that same tenderness because we haven't taught them to. And now that you've experienced that and you've kind of through them been given permission to have that in your life you get to give that to someone else and Mm -hmm. that is something really really beautiful so yeah i hope you get to hold on to that yeah so it is one is something that i do i feel i have a lot of fear though around like forgetting things and I i feel like i've already forgotten a lot of stuff it's really really hard to you know to try and feel like like to like you want to preserve every single thing about your experiences and mm-hmm. and whatnot you know there's just like an endless amount of like inside jokes and funny songs like we used to sing and all these kind of things i know i'm definitely it's just starting to drip out do you know what i mean i'm trying to like keep hold of things but yeah there's it's, um i just don't really want to fully forget how how um how it was to be around them mm-hmm. uh yeah well so, um well it's not perfect but the one upside to you know existing in the digital age and the fact that they were performers is that there's 
there's pieces of them out there. And even in a little way, even though my podcast is small, I wanted this to be like another space so we can kind of, you know, keep some beautiful memories of them and remind ourselves of who they were as artists and as people. So, yeah, you know, now this is recorded. It's permanent. It's in a place so we can remember some little things. But yeah. I don't know. I still feel like I see people talking about them. So, yeah. It's it's really impressed me how I think people are really making an active effort to remember them. And yeah, it's it's really cool because you don't get to see that a lot with smaller bands that people are making, again, this really active effort to be like, we're going to preserve them because we want to remember who they were. We don't want them to be one of those like indie bands that we listened to for a bit when we were young. I, again, am endlessly grateful that you did this. Um, oh, no. I'm, I'm really grateful that, like, that, um, that, like, you know, that you're so, that you're so about them and you wanted to, you wanted to, you wanted to do something like this as well. Yeah. No, I really, I really believe in what they, what they made. Um, and yeah, I wanted to do this. I mean, both because obviously, like I said, they had a pretty big impact on my life in that moment, but also, I don't know, as someone who works a lot with small artists, the idea of people who are really talented being forgotten about and not having their kind of the legacy that they deserve to have, you know, like, because when you think about bigger artists who have been around for long enough and have had the time to establish themselves, yeah. we're going to remember who they are because they've left that mark. And yeah. simply just because of lack of time, you know, the guys didn't get as much of that. So it's up to us to kind of keep keep them in the dialogue so yeah yeah i I feel like yeah their fan base only seems to be getting bigger which is really comforting because yeah like like you like soon after they passed i was i felt i was just so i was more yeah i was just so devastated by the idea of like everything just going away you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like they're gone now eventually the music's gonna go too and eventually people are gonna find new bands to listen to and new people to like yeah go crazy overall and all this kind of stuff and um yeah because you know, that's something that you worry about with with your own life as well even if you yeah. if it when you lose a friend and 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 you worry about their memories disappearing with with the boys it's it's like that probably multiplied by like a thousand because of the huge outpour of love that they that they did have you know mm-hmm. but yeah the, the the couple was it like two and a half years now almost which mm-hmm. is insane but like in that time i've only been really um i've only felt really warmed by how much people still seem to be buying into what what they were saying um yeah and maybe it's got something to do with the fact that like what we we're saying earlier like it a lot of it is so separated from its era you know like at at the time a lot of people they would hear Steve's guitar and they go oh it's just another Mac DeMarco band you know what I mean it's just another one of these guys and like anyone who thinks that you haven't actually spent longer than five seconds listening to it because if you you give it a go then you know it's it's just because at that time a lot of bands did have um, a big washy guitar sound and stuff like that but now that that's going away they to me they really exist in their own orb like outside of everything else that was going on Hers's entire discography is available wherever you normally get your music, and I recommend that you revisit it from time to time. Let's keep the boys in our memory. 
This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by myself, Sophia Lopercaro, and the artwork is by Meg Welford. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.